0: Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. We are so happy to be here with you today. I have an amazing guest uh, on the show today. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things that are going on in the world because, trust me, there's a lot going on. And, uh, of course, Ellie Molina. Hi, Ellie. How are you? Hi, Um, Susan.
1: I'm fine. Thank you. How are you?
0: Great. Great. Um, I I want her to, you know, if she wants to say something when I'm when I'm cutting up what's going on in the world right now, very, you know, just off the top, because there's so much that is happening uh, very rapidly. And Eric, always good to talk to you.
2: Hey, good to talk <laughs> to you, Susan and Ellie. Happy Friday to you both.
0: Well, I, I want to announce first that, you know, we've been doing this for a while now, Eric, haven't we? <laughs> we have indeed. Next week, we are going to have our seventh anniversary of a Susan Harmon Experience. Well, initially, the Susan Harmon Hour, and then we changed it two years ago or something, a year ago, I don't know, to Susan Harmon Experience. And uh, that's our anniversary show. It's a show where we um, ask people to congratulate us on how great we are. (laughs) (laughs) No ego involved here, folks. But it is it, it it is good to know that we've stayed on the air this long.
2: Yeah, and hard to believe it's already been seven years. Can you believe it? I know.
0: Yeah. And the world has gotten even more interesting than when we began.
2: That's <laughs> Much right. <more> yeah. <laughs> hard to believe.
0: Hard to believe. Well, you know, um, I'm on Instagram, and I get a lot of messages on Instagram. I do a lot with Indian Country, as you know, Eric. Um, but some of our audience may not know that. And there's, uh, there's been a thing going on with uh, indigenous women leaders, uh, just amazing uh, women. If you can get a chance to check that out, folks, please uh, look up and see what indigenous women are doing that are making a difference in the world. Um, you know, we have to go back to those ancient ways.
1: That makes a huge difference. Don't you agree, Ellie? Absolutely. Um, totally. Totally. I mean, um, my brain's ticking right now who I can contact to put in touch with you already. <laughs> OK, great, great,
0: because, um, you know, one of the things that Ellie and I have in common is we've both worked with children and and we both have a strong belief that everyone is born psychic. And we're going to get into that a little bit. But again, I want to get back into there's just so much going on. You know, we're still having to deal with the fires in the Amazon. Uh, Ecuador, for those of you who don't know, uh, there are uh, over 20,000 indigenous people demonstrating in Ecuador because of uh, changes. Now, I understand, you know, the whole economic thing, but you don't resolve your economic issues in a country by making the working class people suffer more than anybody else. At least that's my opinion. There, there has to be uh, another way of, of doing it. And um, when uh, someone is elected in because he says he has this belief or that belief, and then as soon as he gets elected, he changes that, that uh, does have a tendency to enrage those who voted for him. <laughs> so uh, pay attention to what's going on in Ecuador. Most of us don't realize how what goes on in other countries' impacts on us. Um, did you did you catch that this morning, uh, Eric, of the gentlemen who were arrested, was it yesterday or the day before? Like I said, everything is moving so fast, uh, leaving the country right after a meeting with uh, Mr. Giuliani. Yes, uh, the, about-
2: the Ukrainians that were uh, trying to illegally funnel ma- uh, money into the Trump campaign.
0: Right, and we know that that's illegal. Sure. It's it's just... Everybody but Trump knows. Blatantly (laughs) illegal. You know, for those of you who don't know, I ran for Seattle City Council in 2004. I know what the rules are just in a local election about what you can or cannot do with campaign money. Who you can or cannot get it from, you know? Uh, not that anybody in a foreign country had ever offered to give me any money but <laughs> I do understand the concept and it's and and why would you want to put money into a particular person's campaign uh, influence you know that's the only reason you would do it of course uh, there's no other reason well what I found fascinating in some of the research I was doing this morning is, you know our old friend
2: Senor Putin? <laughs> comrade Putin. That <laughs> would, would make more sense, I guess. He's not really our comrade, but... Uh... Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've said this before and I will say it again. The Russians play a long game. Sure. You know, the Russian pastime is chess. Hello. Mm. I don't think that Trump has even been familiar with the chessboard. <laughs> uh, you know, he might have seen one in the school. But, <laughs> but uh, I doubt if he would have a clue as how to play chess. But Putin certainly knows how to. What I found interesting um, is that three weeks ago, Putin was in a meeting with uh, the head of Turkey and the head of Iran, the three of three heads of states, uh, talking about uh, what they needed to do in Syria. Um, why this is important? He was asked about uh, the u s. involvement, u s. troops in Syria. and Putin, and i'm I'm kind, I'm not quoting this exactly, but it's close enough and it's translated from English anyway. So he said it's uh, common knowledge, this is what Putin said that u s. troops in Syria is illegal. And we hope the decision by Trump to withdraw will be implemented completely. Now, what's interesting is that was September the 16th that meeting was held, that that talk was held. And do you want to know what Donald Trump was doing at that, right at that time on that same day? I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Trump was all upset about the airstrikes on the Saudis oil processing facility and he was blaming Iran. This is how much in the loop he is, okay? So it's interesting that the head of Turkey, the president of Turkey, I know, don't say his name, uh, Erdogan, uh, Erdogan. Erdogan, yeah. Uh, Erdogan uh, is the one that uh, he has the, uh, the telephone call with and then decides to pull the troops out. Now, why this has both uh, progressives and conservatives united in in horror about this, is that the Kurds, who are completely different people, and they're in northern
2: uh, Syria and have been our allies uh, in the Middle East for a long, long time,
0: for a very long time, and uh, although this they didn't
2: they didn't help us out in, in Normandy in World War II, <laughs> so it's okay to abandon them, according to the president, but. Uh,
0: Oh, did he actually say that? He
2: actually said that. You can't
0: be serious. (laughs) How are they even? Never mind. I just, it's just sometimes it's like, no, you've got to be kidding. This is a joke, right? Yeah. (laughs) No, these are not funny jokes. These 450,000 people in the one town right by the Turkish border and the Turks uh, are uh, pretty set on on, uh, destroying the Kurds. Uh, People are leaving not just in their vehicles, but on foot, getting the heck out of Dodge. Uh, This is—so do you see Putin's footprint, handprint, fingerprints
2: all over this? You can see Putin's fingerprints in pretty much everything that Trump does. That's right. And if if you're too naive to
0: understand that when— Why do you not want your tax returns to—oh, which is another great piece of news, is the uh, courts uh, say that, uh, yes, he does have to turn his uh, uh, tax—well, actually, the accounting firm has to turn over all these documents that also include his income tax.
2: Yeah, we got that ruling earlier in the week, then the Trump lawyers appealed that. And then it's uh, just been reaffirmed that yes, indeed, he has to turn those over. But they will most likely appeal again. This could go all the way up to the Supreme Court uh, before. We it, get but those you realize insurance. that
0: the Supreme Court doesn't take more than 5% of the cases presented to it. Yeah. It could it could refuse to hear this and say this is settled, there's nothing here. There's
2: there's nothing to see folks. Wait. Which, which, which is likely, I would think. Yeah. But you never know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Not in this world. Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, and if they it, if they decide to take it, this could be like a year down the line. It it takes a long time for a case right. to get to the Supreme Court. So uh So he's
0: banking I'm, on that. Hopefully, so that yeah, that's what he's banking on. Yeah. But, but why would you want to hide this? Um, could it be, as your children have told the world, you are ta- all of your money is coming from the Russians?
2: Most likely. And you don't want...
0: I mean, nobody else will lo- would loan him any money because he had uh, cheated everybody that ever worked with him. So. Exactly. <laughs> so this is... Uh- and another thing I saw on... Uh- YouTube this morning, is the swamp tour around D.C., if you heard about this. They were taking uh, Republicans and uh, independents uh, in a bus tour of all the places that, you know, where the swamp, uh, you know, instead of being the drained, is being encased in Trump's hotel across the street and blah, 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 and all of this. And it was very interesting. One man said... Well, we Republicans that are on this tour, we didn't leave the Republican Party. The Republican Party left us. Mm -hmm. And I've said for years, the one thing you could always count on with the Republicans was financial stability. Well, that's long gone. That's, you know, that's not happening. It hasn't been happening for a very
2: long time. I I don't (laughs) recall financial stability from the Republicans in my lifetime. Well, you're very young. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a good thing about being a little more older, a little tiny bit older. It's that you got, well, I remember. Well, but,
2: um, it's, it's a set the scene. Reagan is the first like president that I'm conscious of uh, mm-hmm. his policies. And he, uh, of course, gave us trickle down economics, which, as right. we've shown time and time again, don't yeah, work well, and don't doesn't exist
0: right Reagan yeah well I have another word for trickle down uh, economics but I'd rather not say it on the air <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, anyway my, my foul potty mouth aside um, I just find all of this you know it all comes together if you if you're willing to look at it if you're not but there was another woman on the bus an independent who said we've always had corruption but the problem with the corruption now is it's in your face. You can't avoid it. And we're very uncomfortable with having to actually look at it this closely. Mm. And I think that was very, very telling and a very very pointedly uh right on the right on the money, so to speak. Um you do you remember, Eric, a couple of years ago, I think right after It was either right after Trump got in, we did a show about the connection to petroleum and the money of all the people that uh, uh, Trump was bringing on. and We showed the connection of all these people. And none of that has changed. I know that um, uh, he threw Rick Perry under the bus and now he's throwing Giuliani under the bus. Because like, I I don't know, I'm there there was a picture with guys with people take pictures with me all the time. Picture doesn't mean anything. I don't know these guys. I don't know who they are. You know, the ones that uh, were illegally putting money into a pack for Trump. Uh, The Giuliani
2: associates that were just arrested. Right.
0: Right. And as many times as he said that, I'm sure now that he does know them. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. You know, that protests too much. Anyway, I think that those are things uh, that we have to look at. And the the impeachment uh, hearing is going on. I think the big difference between Nixon and Trump, well, there's others, but the one main one to me is Nixon wasn't stupid. <laughs> you, know.
2: <Yeah. laughs> I mean, uh, was, you know. He was good at being a crook.
0: He was good. I am not a crook. But, <laughs> but he... <laughs> But he wasn't a stupid man, right? And you know, and he saw the writing on the wall. Trump is not the brightest bubble. in well, I am a very smart man. I've I've got really good he, words. He's a stable and, genius, as we all know. He's a sta- I'm a stable genius. Uh, what was it? The thing that he tweeted out where he said, "In my brilliant and in unm- my
2: unmatched wisdom."
0: My, yes, my, and I'll have if, to agree
2: if, with it. Is unmatched. Yeah, in his unmatched <laughs> wisdom, if Turkey uh, does anything that he disapproves of, he will personally destroy their economy. He's done I've it before. Done it
0: before, <laughs> what? No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He hasn't done anything. But so, meanwhile, he's such a chump. He doesn't even get how he's being played by everyone. So you know. These guys are all meeting together three weeks ago, and then there's the call from the Turkish president. You know, blah blah blah, and he goes, "Okay, I'll pull the troops out." Well, you don't do that. You know, you don't spit on your allies. You don't. Uh, you don't do that to the people who are uh, there supporting you. And I mean, why would anybody want to align themselves with us after that?
2: It's a good point.
0: Okay, so. What I think is uh, like, well, what do you think about
1: all this, Ellie? I heard you giggling, so I know you. Oh, I'm not going to comment on a lot of this. So I'm just, um, I'm just nodding my head and I'm being quiet and thinking back to, um, remembering how someone, I think it was Trump, who said that I have a really good brain. So I just remembered that also. Remember when he said, "I have a really good brain"? <laughs> yes. It's painfully, yes, it times. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: He has a very good brain. So that's
1: that's what I think about all of this. He has a really good brain. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He might have a good brain. He just doesn't
0: <laughs> use it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen his brain. I don't want to just out of hand say, the man has a terrible brain, because I don't know that. Yeah. I just know that. <laughs> Whatever he has, he certainly isn't using it in any any intelligent way. Uh, Oh, I agree. (laughs) And I love uh, Rick Perry, you know, the Secretary of Energy, who didn't even know what that department was. (laughs) Right but again well rick perry wanted me to call him rick perry goes well yeah i wanted him to call because i wanted my buddies to be put on uh you know the the advisory board of uh you know in ukraine what was that company's name um oh gosh uh i've just blanked out on it uh it ends in a z um <laughs> anyway um He wanted, you know, it's the the largest uh, 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 state-run oil and gas uh, company in in Ukraine. And so he wanted these Texas guys that are buddies of his to give big donations. Uh, You know, so, you know, it's the follow the money. Well, you don't have to follow it very far. I mean, you know, it's like right there in front of you, you know. So, oh, and I also looked up, I thought, okay, so if you refuse to uh, to uh, appear before Congress in a congressional hearing, and if you refuse a subpoena that's issued for you to appear before Congress, I looked up, well, well what can they do? And that's called contempt of Congress. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up and it says a contempt of Congress penalty is not less than one month nor more than 12 months in jail. And a fine of not more than um, not more than a hundred thousand, and not less than one hundred dollars. So uh, a month in jail for most of these guys would be a lifetime for them, you know, because uh, they're too rich to be in jail. Right. And uh, well, you know, that was one of the uh, the things on. Uh, a, on somebody that was being put in jail it was like but it'll be so hard for him because he's you know he's not poor and and so poor people could handle jail much easier than wealthy people
2: so, that's, yeah
0: <laughs> i'm just here to say that nobody likes jail okay nobody <laughs> nobody likes jail no matter what your economic status is
2: you don't like jail exactly it's not a fun place and, and you know, the irony, of course, that poor people much less equipped because they're working day to day uh, to, to deal with jail. Somebody with a lot of money can take a year off, and it's not going to ruin them. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that instead of paying a fine if you're wealthy, you should have to do public service, you know. Or jail time. Or jail time, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't get to just pay a fine, you know. Because it's not a, it's not a hardship for you. Anyway, my my uh, views of uh, equality uh, aside, we have a very interesting show. I I think was there anything else, Eric, that's in the news that uh, that we should talk about? Because there's so much going on.
2: Well no it's just uh, it's very interesting how the uh, the impeachment inquiry is playing out with the the white house uh, obstructing justice and mm-hmm. uh, you know the republicans seeming to be totally fine with obstruction of justice obst- uh, you know uh, foreign powers interfering with our elections but this this abandoning the kurds thing to help turkey uh, and putin as you pointed out Uh, That has actually gotten a few Republicans to kind of jump ship on the Trump uh, boat. And so we'll see if that actually leads to action. He may have been safe in the Senate, but this whole thing with the Kurds may have been the final straw for Republicans. And with any ethics. With yeah. Any ethics. Yeah. And so th- he might actually get impeached and removed. This would be like what? Only the second time in history that's happened.
0: Well, you know, I think we pointed out last week that if a secret vote was taken, uh, this is what um, uh,
2: Flake. Yeah, from, Jeff uh, Flake, uh, former Jeff senator. Jeff Flake said Republican. 35
0: Republican senators would vote. For impeachment.
2: Yeah. And who knows if that's accurate, but. uh,
0: And and Mike Murphy the day before said 30. So, you know, that's interesting. And, you know, look, there's some positive stuff that happens. Look, uh, Ocasio Cortez and um, uh, Cruz have co uh, co signed a bill about uh, China and the NBA. You know, the NBA doing. um, Sure games in china and they have a big following there and they've said that um you know freedom of speech is more important than money big shock right (laughs)
2: football
0: players couldn't take a knee in in respectful um uh protest against police brutality but the uh, nba uh managers saying hey this is how i feel about this uh and i i find that heartening um both that the NBA taking that position and the fact that uh, Ted Cruz and uh, Casio Cortez do not think alike on most things, right? And that they could come together on one, then maybe they can come together on something else. So this, this, these Bi- are positive signs.
2: Bipartisanship can still actually happen in this day and Yes.
0: Absolutely, and that's what I'm going to focus my energy on. It's like, yes, let's let's get rid of the corruption, and let's find ways to come together uh, to take care of our planet that that can get rid of us if she wants to, and um, you know, develop a, a positive relationship with uh, planet Earth. Anyway, we um, are graced with ellie molina and uh, for those of you who may not uh, know her that well this woman is pretty amazing the stuff she's done um for like over 40 years she's been educating people um she's an international advisor to public figures and celebrities um, she was a former university adjunct. Uh, she's a highly recognized educator. Um One of the things that I was struck by, um, she now you live in New York now, right, Ellie?
1: I live between New York and Seattle. So when I spoke to you last week, I was in. <laughs> yeah, so I was in Seattle last week, and today I'm in New York. There you
0: go. That's kind of cool. It's just it's just a few hours' flight. It is, it is, and I get to do work or sleep or meditate. Mm -hmm. There you go. While you're, one of the best poems I ever wrote was on an airplane. You know, I'm I'm, sit suspended between heaven and earth, so it was really great. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. So I know you co-founded a magic school for children, Mm -hmm. and. That I'm very interested. We're going to talk about that because you and I both have a, a common link with kids. And and we both believe strongly that everyone is born psychic. And I really want us to dig into that. Um, I think, let's see, you wrote some books. There was one uh, that you wrote, uh, an illustrated children's book titled Annabelle oh. and the Domino. And I... And it's based I haven't read the book, I, I apologize, I usually like to read a book before I talk about it, but um, it's based on a true account while teaching in rural Washington state. I want, to, I want you to tell us a little bit about that. But Children Who Know How to Know, that's a beautifully phrased title, beautifully phrased. Oh.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. And then, uh, oh. go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that's a resource guide for parents, um, educators, anyone who wants to develop their own or their child or if they work with children or they have children, anyone who has any connection to children or even themselves. It's a resource guide for developing, accessing and learning how to trust and utilize your own intuition ongoingly. And trust it. that's the big the big key. I've got it's really trusting.
0: Yeah, they'll say, oh, yeah, I got this idea, but I didn't do anything about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, that's your intuition, getting your attention. And, uh, I mean, I I'm, I point out that I've done healings in the frozen food section of the grocery store. You know, right. I mean? mm-hmm. you know yeah. if if someone's guide say, hey, you can hear us, I'm like, uh, yeah, what do you want, you know? Well, tell her, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, look at this. The green beans are only 79 cents a can. And Aunt Martha's going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you just say, have a nice day. You don't have to hang out. You don't have to ma- have them make an appointment with you. Uh, you know, you can just pass on the information. Mm-hmm. So there's there's so much uh, of of this to talk about. And uh, I love the uh, whole sidekick. That you've uh, uh, mind, power, edge, and psych kids that you you created—that's amazing to me. When we get back after break, we're going to go into all of this in depth. Uh, you are listening to Susan Harmon Experience on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Stay tuned for more
2: talk with Ellie Molina. Have a great. Good-
1: Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor, medium, and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email susan at susanharmon.com and put I love the Susan Harmon Hour in the subject line. This is a limited time offer, so set up your appointment by emailing susan at susanharmon.com today.
2: In March 2016, Melinda Rabine received the Right Now Today Humanitarian Award for her work on a film about domestic violence called Asylum, which was also awarded Best Narrative Short at the 2018 Cinema on the Bayou Film Festival. Now she's turned her talents to making a new documentary, Stories of Us, Camp Second Chance. In the process, she embedded herself in the camp, During the snows of winter, spending Christmas there and returning for numerous visits since. Rabine shows the beauty and humanity of the homeless residents and builds a bridge of compassion in this compelling look at the common threads that bind us all. Interested in knowing more? Contact Melinda Rabine. Email melindarabine at gmail.com No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Welcome back. To Susan Harmon Experience, where I'm here talking with Ellie Molina. Ellie is a bi-coastal educator of all kinds of human beings, uh, Seattle and New York. Hey, Ellie.
1: Hi, Susan. Hi. Thank you for that.
0: Um, one of the things you and I have talked about uh, briefly is that we're all born psychic. And, you know, what I've said before people, everyone can sing. There are some people you're willing to pay to hear, you <laughs> know? do you know what i mean there's different qualities of voices i mean i love to sing and my family is not very fond of how i sing but i don't care i do it anyway (laughs) right (laughs) that's what showers are for exactly exactly and driving down the freeway (laughs) so um Everyone is born psychic and I have some theories myself about what happens because I think that there's several pivotal ages where we shut down six, seven, you know, Mm -hmm. twelve to fourteen. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Where
1: you know, in terms Mm -hmm. of
0: socialization that we we shut down and cut off that. Except I've been seeing a shift. I'm not seeing that cutoff happening with the millennials the way it has in past generations. Mm. I don't know um, what you see.
1: Well, um, I'm going to provide an explanation for that, and um, one of the one of my ways of looking at that is that the parenting right now, people. Who are raising children at this moment they're they're more aware they're more conscious most of them Mm a lot lot of moms are meditating doing yoga uh participating in rituals you know using crystals so you have a consciousness now that is evolving you have different conversations in the home as opposed to kids in the 1950s where it was just like eat be quiet don't talk during dinner and so who's going to allow their kid to even have a conversation hey you know I I have a feeling, I saw something, I think, you know, I'm getting this feeling in my gut. And the parents will, okay, eat your dinner, just eat those, these are good for you, just be quiet. And then, you know, and parents smoked in the kitchen, in the house, around the kids. So it's a whole different generation. It's different awareness as we've been going through the the generations. So these children right now, the ones who are being born, you know, their parents are using crystals, aromatherapy. Uh, Just a real quick tangent, when I started aromatherapy, um, I was one of the first people in the United States that was certified because they didn't have certification. So we had to run and create a board of certified of aromatherapists that could then create a curriculum to certify people in the United States in aromatherapy. So it was a tough. Um, a tough sale back in those days when no one knew what aromatherapy was, and so to fast forward, this is what's happening now with consciousness. So the children are hearing these things. They're hearing, oh, let's be mindful. Let's do this. Let you know, let's be, um, let's be aware. You know, think before you speak. So different kind of conversations um, are happening now that were not present years ago. I totally
0: agree with that, and I know in some areas, those conversations are still a little difficult um, to have happen because there are some people that really are still caught up in that box, you know, that Mm -hmm. box that says, don't step outside of the box, don't color outside the lines. Uh, I know of schools in the southeastern part of the United States where the children line up in the morning to take their medication because they mm. all have ADD, you know. I mean. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and it kind of, uh, kind of, boxes them in and just because that those drugs really do um, stop creativity.
1: Oh, absolutely. And uh, just tangent on that one um, is that if there were. Different conversations happening around ADHD, ADD, all of these, and different ways of approaching this and having a different awareness. Um, we wouldn't be dying, we wouldn't have a diagnosis, and we wouldn't be putting kids on medication. Correct. So, but this gets into a whole other, this gets into a whole other conversation of the way that we do education in the. I can only speak for the United States and, you know, maybe some other European countries, but this is how we do education. Sit down. Don't talk. Teacher will tell you what to do. And, you know, unfortunately, um, teachers are still trained the way that teachers were trained over uh, maybe 100 years ago. So not much has changed in curriculum. Oh, yeah. They added a few things. I know people will say "No, that's not true. That's not true. We have a lot of science and all of that. But in terms of disciplining children, quote unquote, disciplining or engaging with them or speaking to children, there's still that punishment mentality. Sit down or you're going to get in trouble. Sit down or you're going to the office. You know, it's all of that punitive Mm -hmm. ways of behaving. Um, and teaching and relating to children because educators haven't been, many educators have not been taught differently. So they're just role modeling what was taught to them when they were in the classroom.
0: And and I think when you see that w- with adults too, when I w- would, um, we'd have the community uh, meetings, you know, uh, in West Seattle. And if I got there early to set up the chairs, I put them in a circle. If my um, partner in crime you know, in the organization got there, he put everything in little straight rows with the speaker at the, at the front of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's a different perspective on how do, how do we best interact with each other, whether we're adults or
1: children. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we can only interact with um, other people depending on our conscious awareness.
0: Correct. If you don't know, then you, you know, ignorance isn't the same as stupidity, and mm-hmm. I, and I know we've talked about this emotional intelligence and uh, kind of tell people how you view that developing and utilizing, uh,
1: what you know, how we develop emotional intelligence. My experience working with children, as young as three is this is all possible because it's an awareness it's a conversation so i'm going to give you a a very specific example that this is a behavior that leads to emotional intelligence if you take a three-year-old child um, and you tell them to sit still for 10 15 minutes most and not even a three-year-old take anybody um, who's not trained in this realm and have them sit still for 15 minutes without moving anything without scratching without fidgeting. Most people can't do that. So when we start, when I start working with children as early as three years old, I teach them to tuck away their body. What that means is you're going to pay attention. You're going to focus on your body. You're going to focus on what, when you, what happens when you get an itch and you control your body so that you don't have to scratch it? And so now we work in increments of time. You know, we start with a minute and it goes on and on. And this develops now here because a whole new conversation, what we can talk about. If you can control your body, then you can start to control your emotions and you can control your thoughts and you can control the outbreaks and then of drama and so it leads to a whole other development besides going into you know the emotional intelligence as like in terms of curriculum and the way that education sees it and textbook time I'm talking about real concrete hands-on practical applications of implementing emotional intelligence at this level
0: okay so and do you think that the same thing works for everyone or do you have
1: to adapt it individually no it works for everyone and it doesn't matter if you're diagnosed with um adhd or not it's a matter it's a conversation and it's practice and it's training and we do not train our children to focus because we most people don't know how to focus themselves so i could teacher will say oh pay attention johnny but what does that mean pay attention what does that look like have Uh, who's been taught to pay attention, who's been taught to concentrate or to shine awareness on particular parts of our brain or our thinking or where our mind goes. Okay. So we let our minds go all over the place. We're not trained to do that. We're not trained to focus. So we just go take medication or whatever, you know, it makes it easier to, Oh, I have such a, oh, I don't know, I'm so scattered, I'm just so scattered. It's a conversation. Why are you scattered? Because you haven't been trained to think or to use awareness, not even think. You haven't been trained to put your awareness at one particular place for a prolonged period of time. It's called concentration and willpower. We're not trained.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that. And I think a lot of times what we call thinking is our subvocalizing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and we think mm-hmm. we think we're thinking, but mm-hmm. we're just subvocalizing. And yeah. mm-hmm. w- one of the things I've discovered is that when um, a family, or or, or a workplace, or wherever, but generally in a family, when the um, verbal conversation is not in sync with the sub-vocal conversation there's a really a lot of problems for children they grow up very confused
1: mm-hmm. yeah I agree I agree um and this is also I address this in my book there's um, um it's in my chapter it's when I believe it's in chapter three thought and language or chapter four I'm not really sure right now what's the um, name of the book <laughs> children who know how to know it's yeah. it's in there it's all about um what happens when parents it's a parents again parents pretending and parents lying for example there's no kids pick up their intuitive they, read, they oh. know how to read the body language they know they know what's going on and then it's like what's happening mom what's happening dad and it's like oh no nothing's happening so at that moment in time where someone will say to a three-year-old four-year-old five-year-old nothing's happening that child's intuition has just been invalidated because that kid right. knows what's going, there's something going on. They don't know what it is. But now their intuition has been invalidated. So they're back to that space. Oh, I guess I must be wrong. Make wrong. Start invalidating the self, not learning how to trust it. Whereas in my book, I talk about a parent could easily find a way to say, you know what? We have some, you're right, how perceptive of you, how intuitive of you, that you realize that there's some some tension going on here. We've got some problems that need to be fixed, but you're safe. You're safe. Nothing's going to happen to you. You are safe. that's all the kid wants to know. Am I safe? Am I safe? And do you love me? Okay. Yes, we love you. And you're safe. All right. Next. And that just, we don't have those, those skills. Most people do not have those skills. I'm sorry. You know? So again, it's language, it's conversation, it's thought, it's ways of, of interacting with one another skill. These are skills.
0: Well, and I I have a tendency to uh, agree with you completely on that. I know myself, I used to always say, well, I may not know what the truth is, but I know when I'm not hearing it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that kind of thing. It's like, "Uh, this isn't right. I don't don't know what is right, but I know that Mm -hmm. this isn't it. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I think that where we are now, like for us as a society, you know, we have different, we have different, uh, you know, in different places, we act different than in other places, but as overall, you know, in in our country, that's all I can really speak to um, is um, we have people that are celebrities or leaders, political leaders or, uh, you know, experts in this field or that field. And they're not in tune and because they're not in tune with their own thing it's very confusing to the rest of us because they have microphones that millions of people listen to
1: yes hmm
0: yeah mm-hmm. And, I agree And that you know and that makes it very difficult for us like wait a minute that doesn't feel quite right
1: it doesn't feel right you know right it doesn't and it doesn't compute and well that gets into a whole other conversation about where do we where from where do we get our news and that gets into you know that's a whole other it's a whole other yeah deal. and, what's the, ag- ag- and whole, what's
0: the agenda of of the, exactly. those that are giving mm-hmm. the news what is the you know mm-hmm. do they have a particular agenda that they want to create i mean i've talked about this on you know the media getting a bad rap well they kind of did it to themselves because when you you know refuse to because you have a, uh people who pay you for advertising, you don't say mm-hmm. anything against the pharmaceutical companies because they run so many ads for for, for drugs mm-hmm. that if mm-hmm. you say anything about them, then that's going to jeopardize your bottom line, you know, mm-hmm. as one example. Mm-hmm. You don't say True. anything about the pipelines, of petroleum, because those people are paying you for advertising or, or mm-hmm. you know, automobiles or whatever, you know, whatever right. it exactly. is that you're being paid to advertise. You don't want to lose that income. And that, you know, and that is corruption. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's it's as simple as that by like, well, I'll just keep my mouth shut and it'll be, you know, it'll it'll be okay and I'll still be able to make this money. And, you know, once again, we are very creative species. I mean, the human species is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And, and um, I mean, there's another thing I think you and I really concur on. People call them superpowers. I don't. I just call them being real. that yeah. you know? um, that we have these abilities, and we used to all use them you know in the ancient times, yes mm-hmm. and uh, you know, be in tune with things, not just reading the weather, you know like, okay, when the wind blows a certain way, that indicates blah, blah blah, when that you know what I mean when this happens, when mm-hmm. the the sky is this or that, but it's it's simpler than that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I use superpowers so that, um, well, let's just, I use superpowers because I needed people to pay attention. And if I had used other words, there was a likelihood that no one would even pick up the book because, you know, oh, superpowers. Again, it's, it's the words, it's the language, um, it's (laughs) (laughs) marketplaces. it's marketing it's marketing yeah. there are millions and millions way. of books out there and why pick up my book all right oh yeah. i can have my kid can have superpowers and this is going to be the magical thing and yeah that's fine but now you got to work for those superpowers now you got to work right. on developing right. those those skills and oh that's a you know that takes time and so that's why a lot of people then they like it it's a novelty they pick it up um I teach remote viewing. To do remote remote viewing is being able to see over distance, time, and space without the use of your physical eyes. You see with your pineal gland, you see with your third eye, you see with a higher consciousness, well, whatever you want to call it, we don't really have words for, you know, again, we don't have appropriate language for all of this. And yet it works all the time. It works for people who've never done it before. It works for skeptics, it works for kids, it works for age, aged people, it works. Um, and yep. so what happens though, to get really good at remote viewing, you've got to practice. It's like playing piano. It's like singing. you got to practice. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are just, you know, okay, what do I need to know that for? Well, maybe you don't. Maybe if you did have a little bit of remote viewing skills, then you could start to see different angles of situations. You could see some of the things that are going on in the world, as opposed to looking at everything for face value.
0: Right, you're you're not just you you know what what is the blind man and the elephant? You know it's it's a rope. Mm -hmm. I tell you, you know you're seeing the whole elephant, not just uh, without Mm -hmm. having to see the elephant, without having the elephant right there in front of you. And uh, yeah, I mean it's it's I remember when I was in my early twenties of 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 people talking about. astral projection i'm like oh that sounds so cool and then they started describing it i went wait a minute my sister and i just call that traveling sideways in time (laughs) Mm. yeah yeah i remember you sharing that with me yeah because (laughs) it's like traveling and that made sense to me oh well we're just traveling sideways in time i and that's probably too long it doesn't sound as cool as astral projection but you know it's the same thing it's like saying our chakras I used to just call them energy centers, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right, right. But if you have a common word that everybody shares, it
1: I'm thinking it probably makes it easier. Yeah. Well, it, and, so- and we don't have enough, yes, and we don't have enough language right now. So that was another thing. Um, it took me many years. This is just a little note. It took me many years to write my book. And it wasn't because I had quote unquote writer's block or anything, but because the field was changing, I would start writing something about neuroscience and then there'd be another, another layer, but not so much another layer. It would be the, the, um, the research, the proof was there. And so the proof that I didn't have everything, you know, the things I was writing about from, they were experiences and they were things that hadn't been, really researched or documented yet. And then something would come to document documented. I'd have to bring that into the book. And so then there came a point where I said, you know, what? I'm just going to have to have this book published because in two years, there's going to be even more research out there. And I just, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's never ending. So yeah. Um, I, yeah. And um, yeah, I, you just have base, to write addendums. <laughs> exactly. And the point of the whole thing is, though, that um, The research now coming out really does support the things that I have written about or had written about back when I started writing the book years ago, right. If somebody wanted to uh, get children
0: who know how to know, where where's the best thing? Just go on to Amazon? Just Yeah, just that? go to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Go to Amazon. And you could also get uh, Dancing in the Unknown on Amazon as well?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only book that's not available on Amazon any longer uh, for other reasons um, is Children Who Know How. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's Annabelle and the Domino.
0: So I took that off of Amazon. Did yeah. you? I wanted to ask you about that. What is the story that Annabelle and the Domino is based on? That's so just, Anna, I,
1: yeah. I like Annabelle, yeah. So Annabelle and the Domino um, was based on a true account. I used to teach at a magic school uh, back in the two, well, 2009. And then the school and, The school then, well, that's a long story, okay, but fast forward, um, school fell apart and we ran into financial problems. And then we co created another form of the magic school. only during that time, there was a little girl who we practiced remote viewing. We practiced moving objects with our mind. We practiced um, blindfolded archery. I mean, the, the list just goes on and on, all kinds of telepathic exercises. But my favorite ones were tele, Were the blindfolded archery, uh, attempting to move dominoes with our mind or other objects that were simple. And so um, there was a little girl. She was six years old, and she she moved the domino and it fell and she moved it with only her mind. And these things sound unbelievable, but during the course of my work, I've seen it two more times. So during the course of all these years, I've only seen it a total of three times. So I was like really inspired. And I said, you know what people got it. People, I really want to share this story. I don't care. People think it's not true. It doesn't matter. It's, I'm just going to tell it as a narrative and you could do what you want with it, but it's truly inspirational to me. And I, you know, I talk about, I embellished about I don't know how like all the details of how often she went home and practiced, but it made the book interesting to write about her going home and practicing and doing this with her mom. And so that's really what it's about. It's a it's an I can book. You can do amazing things um, with your with your mind. And speaking of this has nothing to do with Annabelle and the Domino, but I just have to share this story because it happened literally five minutes before, 10 minutes before we got on this call, I got a text message and it was a frantic, please call me, please call me, I got to tell you something. So I jumped on the call and it was someone that I have been working with. She's a a young woman and and she had a brain tumor. She was diagnosed with a brain tumor and she had the brain tumor for over 17 years when we started working together. Um, And then she just called me a few minutes ago to share with me that the brain tumor is almost gone. She did an MRI, the brain tumor has shrunk to the point of almost non-existence. And she was told that she would never be able to have children and the doctor said to her, you can have kids. And so this was like a major miracle, and, and she, was, she just said, I had to call you because these are things that we worked on during the time that we worked together in the consulting program that I have. So we worked on removing the tumor completely. We worked on her being able to have children. We worked on that. Again, mind power, using our minds to do the most amazing, remarkable things. Her doctor said, how did you do this? How is this possible? And, um, you know, she well, just you know, said. She mm-hmm. said what? she said um i used my mind you know
0: (laughs) Well, you know we used to call it arts and science and there was a reason Mm -hmm. for that the art of science the science of art do you know i mean the combination Mm -hmm. of the two are necessary Mm -hmm. the left and right lobes of the brain i mean these are Mm -hmm. these are the thing whole brain thinking um if somebody wanted to get hold of you in terms of getting uh, working with you or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. what would be the easiest way for them to do that? Uh, send me an
1: email at Ellie, E-L-L-Y, at Ellie, E-L-L-Y, Molina, M-O-L-I-N-A dot com. So it's oh. com.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ellie at Ellie dot com. If for any mm-hmm. reason you guys didn't have a pencil to write that down, can't remember it. You can always email me Susan at susanharmon.com dot com and I will uh, email you back Ellie's information. Uh, I find this fascinating. We're we're coming to the end. We've got about two more minutes and I just is there any last words uh, that you'd like to say that you've got about a minute to say?
1: so okay I'm going to say something outrageous Um, before the election happened and once the election happened I predicted that he wouldn't. He that our, our current president would not stay in office to finish off his first term, mm-hmm. and I don't have. I didn't have like how people ask me. Well, how do you see? What do you see? Because I also do psychic readings, um, obviously, right. and so I just said, look, I can't tell you the hows. I'm not seeing the how. I'm just seeing that he's not going to finish off. He's not going to finish off his his time in office. And no. you know, as we got closer and closer, you know family would say family friends. So I thought you said he wasn't gonna said I'm I'm telling you, I'm seeing him. He's gonna be out. He'll be out. Don't ask me how. I just you know mm -hmm. I I have to I have to totally agree. I
0: have another friend who very about a year and a half ago said, um, I see him getting on a plane with his children and flying to Russia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like okay. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we don't know, but if this does come to pass in that way, uh, which is a possibility you never know um Mm -hmm. remember you heard it here first folks (laughs) (laughs) all right i just want to let the audience know it's been a delight having you on the show uh i I want to get to know you better uh i think we have a lot in common um thank you susan thank you thank you it's it's been great and uh, next week, folks, is our seventh anniversary show. You can send me an email uh, saying, hey, you're great. Uh, I've enjoyed this or a particular episode you like or what you'd like to hear more of or anything. anything. If you say anything mean or nasty, we will not be playing that. Uh, <laughs> as long as it's good and flattering, we will play it.
2: <laughs> Save so, the mean and nasty for another show.
0: Say than me to for another show but we'll do this and we'll I'm gonna go ahead for those who want a number uh, that you can leave a message uh, I will uh, if you, you want that just email me and I'll email you that phone number and uh, I, i'm I'm gonna text it to other people I know so uh, this is your opportunity and and ask what you'd like to hear you know too I have a I'd love to to say listen I need more of this what do you think Gary? Absolutely. Okay. Well, Ellie, it's been a delight. Eric, I love working with you. And I will be talking to you next week. Uh, Until then, my friends, just like the title of Ellie's book, Dancing in the Unknown, don't forget to keep on dancing.